I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Hello there, welcome to Roast Mortem, a model example of a podcast, and the best podcast to listen to while you're soaking in a oat milk bath. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. I will be your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. Hey. I got a hell of a week to talk about, so Travis, just get right to it, dude. What are we doing? What is this podcast about? It's about cutting uh, through the muck and getting right to the chase. Am I wrong? I was gonna say we got mustache Mike going on right now. Did you join? Did you join uh, the fire department? Uh, no. I just uh just decided to have a mustache this week. All and, right. Uh, well, I feel about it. Last episode, you were trying to get a mustache ride. That's why you didn't show up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And that oh that one. Wow, dude. Great. Are you, are you riding Big Will Segway? What are you doing around here, man? <laughs> you with the big you with the big boy crew just fucking rolling around segwaying it up. So how's everyone's weeks, dogs? Oh Good. we're all in a state of emergency. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I have it, I think. Which means I have it now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Have you been washing your hands? No. It's the last thing I've been doing. All right. And he's got this like mustache that just like collects <laughs> microbes now. I've been washing my hands and stuff like that, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's nothing really to worry about. Well, I mean, you are very well educated in the areas of science <laughs> yeah. and uh, microbiology. Well, wanna, I'll probably yeah. end up really having it at the end of this episode. Whatever you think, I'm going to just parrot that idea because that's how I'll live. All right. Uh, dude, I got haunted on. So I haven't told you guys this, but uh, I'm a believer mm-hmm. now. You're a ghost hunter? Yeah, I'm a ghost hunter. So I went down to Savannah, Georgia, the most haunted city in America. Cool. Um, And I went there for the shrimp. Yeah! I I didn't go for the ghost. good. Just to be clear, I was not ghost hunting. I was not... uh, I did not bring my EMP stuff or whatever that's called. Uh, Oh, look at that. Yeah, I I was like, I'm going to sleep in a bed and wake up and step in horse shit. That's what I want to do on this fucking trip. Non-paranormal horse shit. Yeah, normal horse shit. As you know, if you can probably figure it out, we like history on the show. So I was doing history tours. So one of the history tours oh. I did was the Sorrel Weed House, which is one Dang. of the most haunted places, uh, you know, the, the experts oh, say. Cool. And I don't trust the experts because uh, I don't care. So I'm in this mm-hmm. in the Sorrel Weed House. We're going through this tour, and the, the, the tour guide, and it's me, Gabby, three other people on the tour because... <laughs> Who wants to go on a history tour? Yeah, so, I gotcha. So we're downstairs in the basement in this house where they, uh, Francis Sorrell used to operate on people with a 45% success rate during the ninth, during the 1860s. So is that good? That was the best at the time. Really? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. So that's a lot of dead people. And that's right next to the kitchen. So they used to be, you know, making pita breads and uh, mushing. <laughs> yeah, right chickpeas for their homeless and there would be a body just screaming about to die about 20 feet away from them that's just that's how putting, it was back then. that's Jesus. putting love into your food 
Yes. Yeah. So the tour guide's telling me that. I'm like, oh, spooky. You know, I like the go. I like the movies. Oh, I, I, yeah, I like uh, I like the movie Hostel. I like things like that. So um, it's fine. And then Justin texts me while I'm down there, and he says, uh, uh-huh. "Yo, uh, Demolik is playing Saint Vitus. Get tickets." So I was like, "All right, I uh, history's great, but I gotta get tickets, yeah. or I'm gonna miss this history." Tom knocked people <laughs> down. Yeah. So I'm getting these fucking tickets, and the tour guides, okay, we're gonna go upstairs right now. So follow me up here. So we're following, we're following her up. I'm the last one up, right? And I'm just right. fucking typing away. And I hear that there's another tour happening upstairs. And I hear these, you know, fat people walking around, like as you do. <laughs> this is down south. Beautiful people down there, really. But sweet Tay. Yeah. So I'm <clears throat> walking up the stairs, and I hear people talking, and I hear a piano being played, clear as day, for Elise by Beethoven being played not that well. So like this old oh. house is probably just, you know, there's a tour group right up there. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. So we do the rest of the tour, skip ahead about 15 minutes, and I see the piano. And the piano has a big rope across it saying, do not touch. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm in the house of the rule breaker. That's cool. Yep. You know, I want to meet that yeah. guy. So then Gabby asks at the end of the tour, right after we walk out of the piano room to where they let you out, to the, the main landing, they uh, Gabby's just like, oh, who played piano in the house? And uh, the tour guide's like, oh, M- Matilda Sorel, who killed herself, damn straight murdered herself in this joint, jumped off oh, this the top fucking floor of this three-floor thing into a pile of horse manure. Uh, she's dead. 1890s, I think that happened. Jeez. All right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, so who was just playing it now, though? Because I heard that. And she was like, nobody. Oh, those spooks. Oh! Yeah. Scary. So I got I got Target haunted. Yeah. Straight up. Dude, that is some spooky shit. That's scary. What, what they were playing Mozart? You sure it wasn't a Chinese song? It was, be- it was Beethoven, and I just feel like such... Every time I tell this story, I think I lose an inch off my penis. <laughs> uh, oh, stop it. But it did happen. So I don't know if it was a ghost, but I heard something... That resonated like a ghost. So someone was playing music off like a speaker or somewhere. That's no, what I'm dude, I am an audio engineer. Yeah, you sound legit. Like when, a... it, when it's played through a speaker, unless it's the exact volume of a piano, which yeah. I don't know if you've been near a piano recently, but they're loud as fuck. <laughs> and, and you can feel them resonate with different keys. Yeah. Some keys resonate throughout the house and the others don't. The way it was going, sounded like live. I got played to by Matilda. Spooks. Yeah. Oh. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I think I'm going to move to Savannah so I could uh, have a three-way with Matilda. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, wait, like a three-way while she's, like, falling? I'll put her to rest. But I don't know. Savannah's a great city. I love that shit down there. I'm going to go cool. again. Maybe because it's got so much Southern history. Uh, I, in the Sorrell house was a fantastic portrait of Travis's personal hero and relative, Robert E. Lee. That is not uh, my personal no! Uh. Yeah, he was right there. I saw him. I was just like, oh, Tra- uh. Uh, Travis loves that guy. I don't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's not what, no! Why are you saying that, Travis? You said he loved him a lot. Yeah. No, I had him. No! I'm not going to cut this out of the episode, but... Um, Robert E. Lee is like the creepy, creepy uncle. How was your week, Travis? <laughs> How was your week, Travis? <laughs> I don't know. Now you got me all fired up. I'm probably... Uh, I don't know. What was my week? I'm... I don't know. I've just been living in a state of quarantine. People are buying the post-apocalyptic realm out here. People are buying all the toilet paper. 
All right. Well, I guess so. Travis, you're being haunted by Coronas. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cody, how was your week? I don't fucking did I have a week? I, I can't even remember. I can never tell with you. He's already yeah, infected. Cut his feed. <laughs> don't listen to his jokes. You're give me a virus. All right. Anyway, Travis, what do you got? All right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's good. You know how they it's always say you got to learn from history, right? Like, that's yeah, important. You know, like, we learn from history. You can read all these books. You can learn shit and apply it to daily life. Tonight is a history lesson for all those dumb idiots that we call influencers. You guys know ah, what influencers uh, are? Oh, not people. really, no, but yes. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I don't understand how you become that, but I trip over them daily and hate it. Yeah, influencers are pretty much the 21st century leeches that team up with big brands and dictate what is cool or not on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook, whatever. They have literally like no worth to society. No. They're just mindless, pretty frit faces. They have no talent or responsibility. Just they're there just to uh, guilt gullible people into buying like something fashionable. Yeah. And they take freebies from big, horrible brand names that <sighs> probably practice slave labor in China. Yeah. So this phenomenon of worthless individuals setting trends is nothing new. I mean, I'm sure it's <laughs> happened throughout history, but tonight we're going to roast the first documented influencer in history. What? How? 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 Yeah. This is the man who set fashion for two centuries. And wow. uh, that the fashion he set was the men's suit and necktie. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we ah, still wear it today. Yeah. The portable noose. Yeah. And when I when I I specifically said like a man that set the fashion. He was fashioning this, but he didn't design anything. You know, this is an influencer. An influencer doesn't design clothes. No. He just they wears have, them. They have, he just they, made it popular. They don't have enough between the brain. They just kind of mumble around. They're real. They're model yeah. examples. Model for, examples. You know. Half of their job can be like outsourced to a coat hanger. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, one of those creepy yeah. dolls they have in Macy's that I sometimes touch. Oh, the mannequins. I like the plus size ones. They got big tibbies. Well, uh, dude, uh, have you been to uh, was it Dick's Sporting Goods? They, Ooh. The Ooh. the asses on the on the <laughs> mannequins they have in there. Huh. Oh, you never see a person like that. Men and women models. Mm. They're just uh, they're giant. There's legs too. See, I'm for not for some reason the ass is just like, but yeah. on on a man with my build, do more squats, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not an ass man. I usually go to Dress Barn, which doesn't sell any men's clothes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of weird. I thought you were going to say they don't sell any pants. <laughs> just expect you to go Diddy Konging yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so tonight we are roasting the king of the dandies, oh. George Brummel. I was wondering if the term dandy was going to come up. Yeah, or as the world knew, ha knew him, Bo Brummel. Bo. Bo. That's B B E A U. Uh, Match. <laughs> B. I thought it was like B O. Yeah, B O. No. <laughs> That's how they named kids Bo in Texas or Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. It's fine, right. man. Yeah. It, it adds a little bit of class. I think it's cool. Yeah. If, they're, if you're from the Appalachia, you just do B O. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. 
So George was born June 7th, 1778 on Downing Street, London. Hey, look at that. Yes, the same Downing Street that uh, was once home to an obese alcoholic that said we'll fight them on the beaches. And also the cross-dressing Ronald Reagan that laid off an entire nation. And also two pig fuckers, one of which is just a knockoff Donald Trump. That's right. Ah. He was born in the prime minister's residency. Look at that. Wow. Was he rich? Well, yes, he was rich, but he wasn't Hmm. the son of a prime minister. He was actually born to Mr. and Mrs. Billy Brummel. Now, Billy was a proud owner of a body house on Bury Street. For those of you that don't don't know, that's a brothel. Oh, a brothel. Yeah. Body house. house. That doesn't sound fun. I don't want to go to a body house. I want to go to a brothel. You pick a body and I'll I'll match you up with one. I'll warm up the body for you. I'll throw it in the microwave. (laughs) Shake up the beans a bit. (laughs) And uh, you pick a room and I'll, I'll, I'll wheel it in there in just a few minutes, sir. Kind of cold in the middle. Can I, can I reheat it? Sure, I'll bring it right in. Yeah, let me let me double heat you up. You're into hot bodies, aren't you, oh, Danny boy? I'll Mike, cut you covered. Are you just picturing like a giant taquito roller and there's just women on it? <laughs> exactly. Mm. You said microwave. My brain instantly thought of that. Right. Dude, I don't need to see the the time on the microwave. I just need options one through ten, please. <laughs> I just use the add minute button until it doesn't like. <laughs> I only so, cook in intervals of minutes. In the it cooks faster. That's the opposite. Pressure's on, man. <laughs> so this this body house that Billy Brummel ran serviced fine gentlemen of the London aristocracy. So basically, yeah, he's selling whores to royalty, politicians, and this is a super lucrative business. Billy was able to amass uh, roughly. 60,000 pounds back in like the seven, late 1700s, which in today's money is about 5 million pounds. He's making that a year? His wealth in general. Oh, his wealth all in By general. just yeah. selling hookers. Did you think when he money. said pounds, he meant weight, Mike? <laughs> no, no, I know it was the English. Okay, good. Good, good. You're learning. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can just imagine like the most fielded like request from the English Regency was just like, do you have a hooker that looks like me sister a little bit more? <laughs> What's the blonde? Oh yeah, line? I got one right here. Actually, she's your sister. No, oh, look at that. Oh, no, no, oh, I put some fucking straw in your hair. Make yourself presentable. You got a dick to bang. <laughs> Chisel out her middle tooth. More room for the wiener to go in the mouth. Oh, my God. oh yeah. slide it right in there. A little slizzle. So at the time of George's birth, uh, George's birth. Yeah. At the time of George's birth, Billy and his wife were in the service of Prime Minister Lord North, like <laughs> Peter, Peter North. Yeah. All right. It's <laughs> a cool last name. Uh, and they were living next to him on Downing Street. Uh, what were those services that Billy was giving? Uh, Lord North lists them as a private secretary. So probably getting them hoes. Yeah. Ah, the, uh, it's not a call girl, but a call pimp, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's really the best way to do it, because who wants to talk to all those women? Yeah, those emotional yeah, I, needs. I, I don't speak womanese. <laughs> I, I don't have time to decipher their wants and needs. Yes, I'm still a gentleman. I'm going to put cubes into their tea. 
I will <laughs> sugar cube them up, but I cannot count. Just have it done for me. <laughs> How many times must I tell you? <laughs> so George had a privileged background uh, coming up from this wealthy family. Wealthy-ish. I mean, he wasn't royalty. He didn't have endless amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the important thing was that he didn't have a bloodline. Because back then, you had to be inbred in order to, you know, you know, have any power. God. Today, all the influencers are inbred. You see how yeah. things change? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're somehow inbred, but still biracial. And you're just like, what? How? <laughs> That's know. why they I, use the filters, to make them look more human. Billy, uh, Billy, his father, you know, uh, George is living this life back in the late 1700s. He's... Uh, Billy buys a royal palace in Hampton Court and also a country estate in Donington Grove. You can just buy royal palaces nowadays? He's he's that rich and that entangled that he could buy a royal... uh, He was an apartment in the royal palace. He's part of the court! Mm, And and George was described as an infant cherub. So so he was a baby. Yeah. That's Um, an adult cherub. That was his nickname? That's me! I'm oh. an adult cherub. I was going to say You're Kyle Gas. What's but... a cherub anyway? <laughs> Cherub's one of those little fat angels you see. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. A Cupid? Yeah. You know what a Cupid is? Yeah. Yeah, one of those um, So George, was a, he had also had an older brother and a sister. Um, both of the boys were then enrolled into Eton College. That's right, the same college the aforementioned pig fucker David Cameron and Boris Johnson came from. Beautiful. So, uh... George may have fucked a pig. It was a dead pig. That was Jesus. part of the ritual, but it was a pig. Was a pig. Confirmed pig. Yeah. At least it was dead. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it better, Mike? I mean, the pig doesn't know it's getting fucked. <laughs> but is that the concern you have? Like, if you could ninja fuck a pig without it knowing, you'd be totally fine? No, I still feel I feel worse. I feel yeah, Mike, you went to one of our maydays, right? I think so. No, Imagine yeah, if you no, got no, there no. and you saw me, like, uh... Just doing this pig from behind, and then I just put it and on I, the spit, and I, I was I, like, "Eat up, boys!" No, I don't know. I'd be like, "Did you nut in it?" Like, of course, <laughs> I, did. Of course I seasoned it. All right, all right, I'll just take a bite. Ew! Ew. <laughs> all right, that's that's the official statement. <laughs> yeah, I like how Travis would be. Is like, imagine I'm fucking a pig, and you'd eat it. You're the gross one. Yeah, not the pig fucker. Everyone is reminding me of a sick person. <laughs> yeah, the nannies don't deserve what we just did. No, it's terrible. So Eaton, for anyone that doesn't know, is a super elite all-boys school in the UK. Think of it like Hogwarts, but, but instead of magic, they're just entitled brats that have endless amounts of inherited money. Yeah, so magic. And, inside, and a- insider trading. Yeah, and I was going to say, the only inside, uh, the only only magic they could do would be hiring people like Jeff Epstein and be like, Despiriano to these girls that they fucked. Mm. Ooh. Wow, Travis is not holding it. Dude, you sound... What are you sounding like right now? You're sounding very Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Wait, um, I don't, no, I don't want to be like Ben Shapiro. No, I'm it's drinking. okay, don't stop. It's just in the moment. Ugh. All right, Eaton was a huge impression on George Brummel. Brummel. On George Brummel. Uh-huh. George was a very popular dude right off the bat. It said they said that he was Eaton's best scholar, boatsman, and cricketer. Ah, boatsman, boatsman. <laughs> now, uh, like I know English 
is a pretty straightforward language to those of us who speak English. But for some reason, I have a feeling a boatsman has nothing to do with being on water. Am I wrong? <laughs> like a boat, Inter- yeah. Like a boat, like a cricketer has nothing to do with like the bug cricket. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's the boatsman. It's just like oh, we're men that do floral arrangements on sand. Yes. We pick limes. <laughs> Sounds like someone that watches boats. Mm, I'm the man. best of them. Mike, that makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike, that adds up too much. Uh, George quickly, he got a new nickname. His nickname was Buck. Buck Brummel. Brummel. Buck Brummel. <laughs> this, <laughs> Buck Brummel. <laughs> this is going to happen every time you say his name. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Buck Brummel. Oh, Buck. You do cricket the best. I love the way you hold that wooden hammer. <laughs> Buck quickly became a fag. Wait a minute, a cigarette? A fag? A cigarette? What? No, it's not a cigarette. I'm not talking about that. But even though Eaton was an extremely homosexual environment, uh, a boarding schools like Eaton had a tradition called fagging. Um, All right, well, tell us more about fagging. So, Do go on. So this is where the younger boys were called fags, and they served their fag master. So think of it almost like a pledge in a frat. Except okay. instead of calling them a pledge, they're a fag. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> Twelve dudes with powder on their face in a house screaming fag at each other. <laughs> Amazing. I love yeah. that. What more could you want? That's yeah. so much fun. I mean, that makes Liberace look straight. <laughs> so so basically at this time he's like a frat bro or i guess we'd call him a fag bro <laughs> everyone listening take this out of context as much as you want it doesn't matter anymore we don't mm-hmm. care we're not yeah, even trying to build our audience anymore we're just having fun yeah so how dare you listen to our therapy sessions <laughs> <laughs> him and his other fags uh <laughs> went around spending their parents' money uh, on tons of booze and on clothes. And during the Salt Festival, which apparently they have in Eaton oh. every year to celebrate salt. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Salt's good on things. Sodium chloride. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a May Day celebration. It's supposed to be about fertility, and it goes back to the Middle Ages. But it's, I don't know what mm. salt has to do with fertility. You can't go flowers in salt. Okay. Uh, George fell in love with his first sweetheart, Julius Johnstone. Is that when he Johnstone. stopped being a fag? No, he was still a fag. He's like, hello, lady, I am a fag. I am Buck. Buck the fag. I will pledge- Prepare to be courted. I have made a pledge to my fag master. Can we please title the episode that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the story of Julia and George- it's kind of like a Maury Povich episode. Oh, good. Yeah. So George was 15 and had the hots for Julia, who was a year older than her. 16. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, math. that's math, dog. Thanks for the math. Yeah. Good job. Um, he claimed that they were in love, but this whole time Julia was getting boned up and down by a 30-year-old man, married oh, man, man uh, the colonel of the 10th Light Dragoon, Josiah Cotton. Uh, so Josiah Cotton's going town on this 16-year-old, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's 37, and, uh, you got Buck the Fag kind of <laughs> just standing outside the door while they're plowing with yeah. a, a box of heart-shaped Russell Stovers <laughs> going, oh, my, Julia, you sound like a spring morning. 
in my heart right now as you get ready so vigorously for our date. <laughs> yeah, 37-year-old's like, fuck yeah, hurry up, I got fantasy football. <laughs> hmm. So Julia and Cotton, it was noted, were fucking everywhere on the stone staircase of Hampton Court Jeez. in her sister's bed. Yeah, All yeah. while Cotton's wife was squirting out his ninth child. Ain't that something about That's a horny guy. That's like a straight-up Cotton Hill move. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, but he's got the shins to, like, leverage his body weight onto you. I'm gonna thrust myself on top of thee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wouldn't you know that Cotton gets Julia knocked up? This is a whole huge affair. George is all butthurt by the incident, because he's like, I love you, Julia! (laughs) But, baby... I'm turning from Buck the Fag to Buck the Cuck. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, because this is the uh, this is the 18th or the 19th century, Julia's life is ruined forever. Cotton abandons her and the baby, and she is marked oh as God. a fallen woman. Damn! <laughs> At Harsh. age 17, your life's over, bitch. Go yeah. fucking bake bread. Mm. <laughs> Jeez, that's hard. Uh, but but there, she will come back into the story a little later. But the real uh, important part of this whole incident in George's life was that he was beat by a man in uniform. Why? He liked the way he dressed. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I shouldn't be happy about this, but I am fine with it. (laughs) How did a light dragoon dress back in the day? Right. So question now. So a dragoon was a cavalryman. They wore uh, yeah, non-English yeah. cavalrymen are yeah. called dragoons. Yeah, they they wore button-down hussar uniforms, which is again another way of calling cavalrymen. But hussar is like um, Germany and that area. They helped us win the war. The hussars. Yeah. Uh, um. So a uh, dragoon would wear this like button-down kind of almost like a modern-day suit, like a button-down. You kind of seen it. And, I don't know, you seem like a tin soldier kind of look, right? Yeah, like a Burlington sure. Coat okay. Factory. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, now I got an image. Yeah. Mike was just in the ether for like the last 37 minutes until Tom said <laughs> Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back to Earth, Mike. Yeah. They got all the George- cologne at the checkout because it's, a, cause it's an impulse buy. You. Yeah. <laughs> George is like, that's what I want to be. And he's like, I want to be that guy that's... That shitty guy that's knocking up uh, teenage girls. Oh. <laughs> so he was influenced by him. Yeah, he was influenced. Mm. The only difference with uh, George was that, I mean, maybe he had a little more sense. He was into older women and maybe dudes rather than teenage girls. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you saying yeah, that maybe a fag was into dudes? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know that he was into women. There's a a lot of debate about George's sexuality, um, but we know for sure that he was at the very least bisexual. Could you imagine like debating that though? Like as a historian, that's like right. a letter you're writing to a college to get published. Like, <laughs> I just read your paper about Mr. Brumell's sexuality, and I must disagree with it. For I think he took it up the anus. <laughs> uh, it's like the Lord Byron episode. You know what I mean? He was super bi. Yeah. But all of England was pretty much like, you're gay. Get out. Also, I, I get it, too. Like, back in the day, things being more taboo like that. But you're saying that this is like a point of contention within historical figures now. Or his, yes. his, his yeah. historians now. So it's like, oh, okay, we're still worrying about that one? Awesome. Very progressive. Uh, 
And also, Cody, history predicting, we're going to be talking about Mr. Byron. So maybe he was in Byron's butt, too. Mm. Mm. Byron's buns. Sharon buns. So George's last year in Eaton was tough. His mother died in March of 1793. And almost exactly a year later, his father, Billy, died. So now we have George, William, and Maria, his brothers and sisters. They're left parentless. But don't think about them as some type of Mary Poppins orphan. These were spoiled rich kids. They had shit tons of money and no responsibility. Right. Perfect. Hey, do you think of like there was a spoiled, if there was like an orphan uh, today with like $10 million and totally on his own, he would just go eat at like Panera every day? <laughs> yeah, hmm. right? Yeah. He'd be getting yeah. the bread bowl and a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, I do that. A lot of carbs. You're- a lot of cars. You're a rich I kid. I know. Or like even 20 years ago. Like, oh my, I'm a poor orphan. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> again. <laughs> Some good pizza there, though. Uh, yeah, man. I want to play video games after I eat my chicken nuggets and pizza. Take a dip in the foam pit <laughs> or the ball pit. Yeah, I want to find the other kids. <laughs> Where's your oh. parents? I don't have any. <laughs> Unfortunate for you, you do have several. And you must be accounted for. Oh, looks like you have to split your tokens with your sisters and brothers. <laughs> Look at me! Peasant. He's uh, just an orphan kid like that nowadays. He's in the ball pit, like, making it rain with his tokens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone like me now. <laughs> like I said, these are rich kids uh, that, that now inherited a bunch of money. Spoiled. Oh, my. Uh, I never cared for my parents anyway. Yeah, so they had a family friend who acted as their guardian, and Billy, in the will, uh, told him that the kids would not receive their full full inheritance until they were 21. But they're still getting money. So George, who was 15 around the time, was pulled from Eton and placed into Oxford University. Because why not? I don't know. Yeah. He seems smart enough. Yeah. Just do it. He's certainly obedient, you know, letting that 37-year-old plow his wife or uh, <coughs> girlfriend. Yeah. So George only lasted in Oxford for one term before he dropped out, and he convinced the executor of the will to let him use a little bit more inheritance to purchase a commission uh, for none other than the 10th Light Dragoons. Ooh. God damn it. What's that? So, um, a commission back in the day, if you're rich, you could just become an officer by buying it. Well, the yeah. 10th Lights, the Lagoons, uh... Cavalry, we said. Oh, about yeah, 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 yeah. Besides being the most fashionable unit in the British Armed Forces, the 10th Light Dragoons were led by the next inbred in line to the royal throne, George Augustus Frederick, the Prince of Wales. Ooh. The only man with tits. <laughs> he was very big and fat, so yes, he had large-ass tits. Oh, yes, come rub my tits down, not because I'm getting off on it, just because they need to move, or I'm going to get unhealthy. <laughs> I'm royalty, so you have to do it. You must. <laughs> yeah, Bremel knew that, like, he knew that the Prince of Wales was, Wales was the leader of this. He's like, I want to get like in with these important, rich gentlemen in this union. Unit. Wants to fit in. Right, so that's the reason why he gets this commission. He has to buy an extremely expensive uniform because, like, you don't get your uniform. You have to buy that. Everything's bought in the, the British Army back then. So you yeah. buy all your own shit? Yep. 
Your own balls. sword, your own gun, your own uniform. Wow. Jeez. If you're an officer. If you're just oh, a regular yeah, yeah. guy, then they'll That's give it they to give you. you. Yeah. yeah, then you just fight with okay. straw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's safer this way. So I talked to, so I talked a little bit about the 10th uniform, but um, this was the inspiration that this talentless moron, George, this uniform drew on his inspiration for the, uh, you know, the um, modern suit. So I'm going to post a little hmm. picture of oh. what the 10th Light Dragoon looks like. Ooh. Visual aids. Yeah. So this is their uniform. Fancy. Very fancy. Yeah. So it's like a My Chemical Romance music video. There you go. So uh, what are we seeing here? For the people that don't have uh, the visual aid on their screen. We Very got nice pants. A guy in a, like, a black overcoat. It looks like he has like mini epaulettes. On his shoulders. He looks like an icebox cake. Silver striping, <laughs> yeah. red cummerbund, and it looks like he's got yoga pants on. With yeah. A racing stripe well, down well, the side. Well, the, yeah, those are, those, they, they're very form fitting riding trousers. Oh. But they do look like yoga pants. <laughs> yes. And they've got the obligatory, fuzzy, uh, tall. English yeah, what's that for? Headwear. That's to show that, that they're show. an officer. They're important, Mike. Big hat means important, always. I gotta put a big thumb in my head so they know I'm looking at them. <laughs> I get to go to Dave and Buster's before you do. <laughs> You're gonna have to sleep outside while I'm inside eating endless nachos. <laughs> so, Mike, all throughout history, big hat means they can arrest you. Yeah. Shiny hat Hancho. means they can kill you. Really? And, yeah, and also... It's the crown, Mike. And also, big hat means like if you are found on the battlefield, they won't kill you. They'll take you and then try to sell you back. Oh, you know what I mean? You'll be held cap captive. Of, uh, special treatment. I see. This yeah. guy uh, in the second picture you sent, sitting on the horse, has the biggest cock I have ever seen. Oh yeah! Look at that. He's just <laughs> holding that thing up. It's taller than his hat. It's amazing. It's pretty shiny. Yeah, he's just holding it at the base, like just squeezing it for the last five days. So just look at that curve. Riding excites me. So, you so fatso, don't yeah. look at my penis. <laughs> yeah. Now George had everything he wanted. He had the uniform. He could get all the poon, all, and he was in this perfect womanizing environment of the tenth light. <laughs> You didn't do anything. I actually revisited the Skype chat and saw the uh, sea this is monkeys. This the second time you've done this. <laughs> the sea monkey horn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is relevant confused to a previous though. episode. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. That was hot. So, uh, <laughs> so we don't know when George uh, Brummel met the Prince of Wales. It was roughly around 1793 to 1794. Uh, but the Prince of Wales was 10 years older than George. Um, he was morbidly obese, shared the same ah. love of partying and fashion that George Brumell had. Very so they instantly set. hit it off. Yeah. There were also rumors that the two of them might have boned. Now, we don't know if they did. They're mm. very, you know, it, this yeah, is the soon-to-be king. Yeah. This, yeah, soon to be king. It's kind of if they did, it's been covered up. They you, probably weren't keeping receipts. You're the goddamn king. No one's catching the condom. <laughs> so in 
So the Dragoons were stationed in the beach town of Brighton. Um, the book I read, uh, Bo Brummel, uh, sorry, the book I read, Bo Brummel, The Ultimate Man of Style by no. Ian Kelly, mentioned three interesting phrases that people in the time period used when they talked about these drunken army officers, and I absolutely love them. Yeah. Uh, so Can one I guess one the of them. Yeah, go for it. I don't eat cucumbers like that. <laughs> That's not a pims. So one's called a three bottle man. Okay. He's a th- mm. he's a three bottle man. Get out of his way quickly. <laughs> Another one is a devil of a fellow for the ladies. Ooh, a devil a cool of a fellow for the ladies. Okay. And the last one is a wild, extravagant dog. Ooh. Dog. That was like a a phrase they would just say all the time. Yes. Look at that wild, extravagant dog. Hide your daughters. Jeez. (laughs) What was the second one? He's a a fellow with moxie (laughs) in order to find himself a vagina to splash inside it. (laughs) I mean, well paraphrased, sir. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He's a real fucker. (laughs) <laughs> slang back then yeah basically all that brummel and his army fucks did were just drink in brighton they never actually were deployed uh this was this was like a good period for george brummel to join because it was right after the american revolution and right before the napoleonic war so there wasn't really anything happening he's chilling they basically sat at Coney Island. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's hot what dogs. it was. Brighton is like Under a gray docks. version of Coney Island, and okay. their version of a freak was a 16-year-old with a baby. <laughs> yeah, so the True. 10th actually did suffer something that they called battle fatigue. Okay. And this was just serious outbreaks of venereal disease. <laughs> oh, battle fatigue. I've been Can to battle all back? night. Yeah. We need to bring that back. Yeah. Just call it standard... Like STIs, battle fatigue. <laughs> Going to war. He's a bit fatigued. I don't know if you want to go home with him. We'll we'll double back uh, in very big detail on George's specific battle fatigue. Very big detail. Yeah, big detail. That's a, yeah, Russian. Big yeah, detail big on detail. this one. You're going to want to yeah, stick around detail. for big details I got for you. <laughs> so, uh, Brummel probably wasted, did suffer a battle wound when he fell off his horse during a parade and broke his nose. Oh. <laughs> the last two subjects you've done for Roast Mortem, Travis, involve falling off of horses. What's going on? I don't know. Fucking guys that are drunk love to ride horses. I know when I'm drunk, if there was a horse, like if we were partying in a field or something, I saw a horse, a wild horse. We would be partying in a field. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to try to jump on that. You would get your lower jaw kicked off of your <laughs> fucking skull. <laughs> I don't know if mm. I mentioned it already. Brummel was a super attractive, handsome man. Oh, and no. his crooked nose only added to his look. He's one of those Ooh. guys that's like, oh, he's got a crooked nose. He's like, he's a got bit hard. I know a really beautiful looking man with a slightly crooked nose. Uh, he had it altered to look like that. Uh, <laughs> a model example of how to look. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to say his name. Oh, okay. So it's a real, a real person. I see. Oat milk, guys. I think oat milk. That's you gotta, oat. you gotta bathe in oat milk. Is that his code name? Oh, it's his regiment. It's one. Yeah, it's part of his secret. Oat yeah. milk. Yeah. So here's Brummel, and he's 18 years old. He's drinking buddies and probably Eskimo brothers or even more with the heir to the British throne. Um, 
And the Prince of Wales is under very immense pressure to marry since uh, his father, mm. King George III, was completely out of his mind. Um, okay, yeah. that makes sense. The guy yeah. during the revolution was fucking crazy, the king, George III. Yeah, that's um, why they lost. Yeah. <laughs> he was just very confident. Dirty uh, Americanos? No, thank you. What do you mean, scissors beats paper? Fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the prince had hoes in different postal codes. Oh, uh, lovely. say in the UK. Uh, mm. But his main squeeze was Maria Fritz Fritzerbert. And how big was her dick? Yeah. Her, her dick was humongous. Wow. Uh, she was illegally. She was actually illegally married to the prince in 1785. It was an approved marriage. And his other squeeze was the Lady of Jersey, like the Ooh. island. Not, <laughs> not, not. Guys, just how many fucking times do we have to do this? Stay away from ladies from Jersey. <laughs> It's away hard from the movie not Jersey to. Girl. Yeah. yeah, I know they're nice. They look appealing. The spray tan. Once you get closer, it starts peeling. Mm. Oh, so or you're wearing off. Spanx. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> so the lady of Jersey might have been a good fit, but she wasn't influential no enough for the court, the royal court. So the royal court picked Princess Caroline Amelia Elizabeth of Germany. Well, fine. She, oh, well. she was uh, set to marry the Prince of Wales. She was six years younger than the prince, but think of her almost as Prince Fiona from Shrek, because she never she, washed. She was hot. She never washed. She ate raw onions and would crack vulgar jokes. Oh, she sounds like my kind of woman, though. That's <laughs> a party. Yeah. She yeah. sounds like um, a lady Wario. Yeah. To be fair, if you say, imagine Fiona from Shrek, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking the hot version of her, not the ogre version of her. Either way, if it's either one, she's digital. Yeah, well, this is a digital German. Right, that digital German hundreds. lady. So even though God. they're portraying that she smells bad, come on, we know that fucking computers don't smell at all. She's <laughs> yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Those stink lines aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> when the Prince of Wales met his soon-to-be bride, he asked Brummel to quickly get him some brandy. Uh, oh, Caroline, man. Caroline. Who's brandy? Caroline in French asks, uh, why does the prince behave like this? I think he's very fat and nothing like and nothing as handsome as his portrait. You're nothing like <laughs> your pictures. <laughs> yeah, oh right? shit! So she roasted him. His portrait artist was like the first Instagram filter. Yeah. Is what mm -hmm. you're saying. Wow. Yeah. He was like, oh, cool. she got catfished. They both got catfished because he well, was yeah. probably like, oh, it's a pretty sweet deal. She's German, so big Princess, knockers yeah. knows how to make a pretzel. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, shows so, up with a bunch of onions. No joke there. Yeah, yeah. nothing. No, no. But then all of a it's sudden, shows up. It's like you fucking smell. Yeah. <laughs> you, fuck, you smell, bitch. And she goes, "Well, you smell too, fatso, <laughs> piece of shit." Immediately, just cracking vulgar jokes. Everyone's real nervous because they're royalty, so no yeah. one's gonna laugh. But they, <laughs> it's probably very funny. <laughs> so anyway, the two of them get married, and the Prince of Wales insists that our boy George Brummel be his best man. Now this that is weird fine. because he's no he's a nobody. He's not like a royal, it's not like a duke or duchess. He's just some guy. That looks cool. Some gay. Okay. Um and everyone's like, Sorry. who is this dude? But they are stunned by how damn well he dressed and how sexy he was. Oh, I heard he used to be a fag. <laughs> <laughs> you said you'd stop with these jokes. Uh, <laughs> just asking for it. 
So during the whole ceremony and uh, reception, the pl- the prince was blackout drunk. Uh, right. <laughs> As you do. But they consummated that shit. Um, and the next morning, the prince told George that when he got naked for Caroline, she said in French, Mon les gros. What does that mean? Okay. Which means it could, it, it could be interpreted two ways. It could be, my God, it's huge. Or, my God, <laughs> he's so fat. It's probably the okay. second one. Yeah. Yeah, probably the second one. <laughs> his penis probably sank into his body quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what it's like to drink a lot. Yeah. If he's drinking full bottles of brandy and getting fucking blackout drunk on flower night, you're uh, done. Yeah. Sorry, Are you dying, I, Travis? Oh, I got spit in the wrong tube. Oh, no. <laughs> ah! How to get in your urethra. <laughs> yeah, that's where it is. All right. So the prince also said this about his experience with uh, touching their two goopy bits together. Yeah. He said that she showed such marks of filth, both mm. fore and hind parts of her, that she turned fore my stomach. And and from that point on, I vowed to never touch her again. Damn. Great. And that's day one of the marriage. This is going to go Good. well. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. But that <laughs> night, he knocked her up. So whatever. He's, we've got <laughs> Lucky, lucky. Oh, Damn, wow. Well, he just bought himself nine months. I'm just yeah. imagining their love making looking something like two slightly melted candles being rubbed together. <laughs> Yeah. Like with Whoa. hair in between it. Oh, man. Uh. I like how the guy said, like, oh, this lady, like, turned my stomach, but he still toughed it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, if, if they're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, like, he did it. Still, Fuck he it. was just like, oh, I'll do it anyway. He was also blackout. <laughs> wow. He put. He must have put a dowel in his dick. But you know what it's like when you're about to gag, and you're, or you like are splint. gagging and throwing up. You're kind of, like, humping anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it can be confused for like sex sounds. Came. He just keeps going. Like, <laughs> oh, I still got throw up. Wow, he's really fucking through this one, isn't he? He doesn't want to, but he's yeah, the doing it. Are outside, just listening. Like, <laughs> someone should get her off of him. He's gonna blow up. Isn't just coming throwing up out of your dick? No, it's not. It's nothing like yeah, that. It is. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel great. For both of Sometimes those. Sometimes you throw up and you feel good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I feel great when I throw up. Yeah, I don't feel like I just came, though. <laughs> yeah. Those are two You've been doing it wrong, then. Uh, I guess I've been coming all kinds of weird. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> I know my throwing up is on point. <clears throat> so, with the prince now a husband and father, Brummel began to lose interest in being in the 10th Dragoons. Uh Besides, the commission being a commissioned officer was really expensive. So in this position, it meant that people like the gentlemen that bought the commissions had to steadily, you know, keep putting money into their commission. You know, upgrading right. their uniform every time they got promoted. And this wasn't the type of money that George had. He was an orphan trust fund baby. It, there was no extra money coming in. You know what I right. mean? Nothing's limitless. Yeah. yeah. So the 10th was re-stationed to Manchester and... Brummel was like, fuck, I'm not going to Manchester. I quit. Oh, What's that's Manchester. Smart. Yeah. What's in Manchester that he wanted to avoid so bad? Bunch of Manx. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that was a racist slur or not. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. In a fun way. So in 1799, George turns 21, and now he inherited the modern equivalent of 
2.5 million pounds. Holy shit. That's a that's a pretty penny. Yeah. Yeah, and you he, can put a down payment on a small house in Nassau. Or a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> I am dried up right now. I really am. <laughs> Patreon.com. Yes, please. Please keep Slash me on the road. I need at least five six $600 a month just to cover my gas expenses. Yes. There's tens of millions of African children going to bed sober every night. But keep Tom on the fucking road. Keep me on the road, dude. I'll pull yo. If you're pulled over on the side of the road with your tail lights up, you need to give me a help you change your tire. I'm not gonna do it, but you'll see me cruising. <laughs> so what is? You'll what tell is, him how to do it. What does George do? He buys an apartment on Four Chesterfield Street in London and begins his life as an influencer. Oh, ah, nice. He Lucky. becomes the king of the dandies. Dandies. God damn it. I just love that insult. It's like, not a fucking dandy. A dandy to me, it is. Yeah, no, a dandy at the time was not an insult. What is a dandy? Either was fag. Yeah. So it was a. <laughs> We're just in bizarro world. Yeah, right. right? Now. It was a, so a dandy was a fashionable gentleman uh, that oh, really yeah. had nothing other going on in their life besides blowing their money on clothes, going to operas, plays. And partying into the wee hours of the morning. Yes, and thanks mm-hmm. to Capital One credit cards, everyone thinks they are dandies today. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. 2% cash back. Right, so uh, to quote uh, a writer at the time, Th- Thomas Carlyle, uh, from his book The Dandical Body, uh, a dandy is heroically consecrated in this one object, the wearing of clothes wisely and well, so that as others... Dress to live, he lives to dress. Oh, Very fuck hip. him. <laughs> well, I guess this is who we're talking about tonight. Yeah, right. good. So I'm going to borrow kind of the format from the source I mentioned before. And instead of going chronologically through George's life, um, or as he's now called, Bo, um, I'm mm. going to go through his daily routine in detail just to so- show how <laughs> no, much of no. a piece of shit he is. I'm gonna hate this because, like, Can't I wait. literally just—I literally just fart out of my bed, take a shit, and I'm just ready for the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I do. And this guy's gonna be like, and then I use my ninth aftershave. <laughs> Bo would wake up around ten or eleven ish after a late night out every night. Mm-hmm. His Fine. his manservant would be busy downstairs uh, preparing his daily morning routine cooking a light breakfast. And one thing I want to mention is what what's like the most modern tool that an influencer has today? A microwave. Uh, a ladle. Um, a GoPro. GoPro, close. But like if you're in one of the apps, something that is going to get, get to your shit as fast as possible. Uh, an Uber. The story, sir. Where you just oh, I don't use it. Yeah. You I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Or, or what is that? Uh, it's a story or a Snapchat, something that's like up to the moment. Oh, you know, instant. you know exactly what they're doing right Twitter. now. Yeah, a very sad way to live. Right, posting on Twitter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really, the people just constantly need to see what these really important people are doing all the time, so they know what to buy. Of course. Um, but there's no social media in the 19th century, so by the time. Bo was up, there was already a line of gentlemen lining up around the block waiting for him to arise from his bed. Oh. (laughs) There's people waiting for him to wake up. Where did they all come from? These are just people who like the way he looked? Yes. He's like a modern-day hype beast. 
Yeah. Well, old time hype beast where people looked up to him. They like want to dress like him. Fuck, like, a hype those, beast, Mike. All those people that dress kind of like the same. They all wear like the same like high end clothing. They all like make the same videos on YouTube about like the same clothes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like high end. I like. Yeah, yeah, like he's wearing Supreme and shit. Yeah, like so you see someone wear Supreme and you want to go wear it because they're wearing it. Yeah. So I mean, oh, you're not okay. wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so at this point, Bo would signal to his manservant to let a small crowd of them into his house. And then he made his way to his changing room. Uh, Bo was obsessed with cleanliness. At oh. this time, men's cologne and perfume was in vogue to mask the doo-doo smells that was London. Fine. Didn't but, have an body spray back then. But mm. Bo wared none of it. He thought that uh, natural sense with a way forward, and his secret was taking a hot bath twice a day. Well, I actually think more people should take hot baths twice a day. Actually, nice. actually, it was two hot baths twice a day because the first bath was in hot milk, that he, yeah. and he'd use a coarse uh, horse brush hair to exfoliate his skin, and uh, then he would like... take a normal bath. Wow. What a sicko. Yeah, I mean, so the... just... Lactose-based baths from the get-go. <laughs> drinking the milk in the bathtub, too, at the same time. Don't do that, Mike. He'd be taking these baths all while a group of men watched on. Uh, <laughs> these men were called the Dendical Body. And, no. Yeah, and they watched and listened to Bo, to Bo trinkle out his beauty tips. Oh, I feel a poop coming on. Does anyone want to follow me into the bathroom <laughs> and watch me wipe? <laughs> So another another secret to his good smell was that uh, every few days he'd have all of his linens, his bed linens and, and clothes, driven fifty miles by coach out to the countryside to air dry. Damn. <laughs> all right, that's luxury. What an asshole! It's just like there's a field right there. It doesn't smell that much. Yeah, right. Yes, but that air is stinky air, Thomas. Well, you know, some say. Still naked, he would begin his shaving routine. He was a smooth boy. Very smooth. Ah. Cock and balls? He would... Uh, I would think so. I would think so, sir. He's like a baby boy. He the would purest actually... <laughs> form is a newborn child, and I aim to replicate this. The scent of a mother's vagina. <laughs> he, would, he would use a tweezer to get to loose hairs. <sighs> oh. um, Pull it on the gooch with a tweezer? Yeah. Fucking probably hurt. Yeah, Where's your bro. brain go there? That's the most sensitive spot. Maybe your balls are too, but the gooch. I don't know. Ooh. So then he would get dressed. Then he would get dressed in his tenth light dragoon influence suit. Mm-hmm. Which we'll double back to in a sec. But here's where the real meat and the reason why other guys were here to see him was that Bo would do his neck cloth. Um. Now a. Neck cloth is like the precursor of a necktie, and there were many yeah. different special ways to tie them, but the trick was was to make them look like you didn't really tie them, like they were messy, intention intentionally like kind of fucked up. <laughs> and I'll I'll post a picture of different types of ways to tie a neck yeah. neck cloth. Kind of okay. Kind of like kind of like curving the brim of a hat, even though that's not cool nowadays. <laughs> oh oh shit. Too much effort has been put into this infographic. Yeah, neck cl cloth of Tania. I fucking hate tying ties. This is the guy who invented it? Yeah, so this this neck cloth became the tie. 
Look at the Napoleon. It's just yeah, well, I just mean, wrapped. There's nothing loose. to it. It's very loose. Yeah. So you're saying that a bunch of guys would come over to see how to not do something right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, YouTube, what's going on? Just wanted to show you how I put this thing on my neck. But first, let me present today's sponsor. NordVPN will make it so uh, your neighbors can't find out what kind of neckties you're wearing. Okay, now on to the show. But before I do that, I'm going to paint my nails a different color for no reason at all. Yeah. I hate YouTube so much right now. Everything I watch, it's all misleading. I, I want to find out how to reset something on a, a device or, or whatever. I just like, I just fucking YouTube it. And it's like, okay, here's a five minute video. I just skip to the end because it's all garbage. And yeah, everything you do that you, for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. And if you watch the five minutes, they just waste your time with like, <laughs> you know, I was using my iPad and uh, my daughter had been watching uh, Netflix on it and she was <laughs> logged into her account. So that's why I'm gonna show you how to put a mailbox in the front of your house. <laughs> hit, hit the bell. Yeah. Ding the bell. I, I love yeah. those videos. Just remember to like and subscribe, guys. Hey, what's going on? Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I hate YouTube so much. So much wasted man hours and that. All right. So around the at, at this point of his Instagram story, right? So now we're reaching around twelve o'clock, around noon. Yeah, reaching. He was around. done with his morning routine. It was time for him to hit the town. Good. Now, Bramel, well, he'd be seen out with one of his many walking sticks that he collected. Mm. Um, mm. And he would head over to the West End of London. Uh, there, he would visit many of his favorite tailors. Um, <laughs> and back in the day, remember, a tailor was, was specialized in one particular article of clothing. It wasn't like a tailor today where you'd be like, I don't know, I need my super. It's like, this is a hat guy. This is the fucking legs guy. Yeah, and they get this really irate when you, when you ask the hat guy for help on pants. Hey, I told you not to show up here with those gloves that got fingers on them. I specialize in fingerless gloves. I told you that before. <laughs> now get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> fingerless Damn. gloves only. Mad disrespect. Bo Brummer, Brummel. Just say Bo, hate. dude. He made it work. Bo! Bo had what they called a classical body. He had style. That meant that he was proportioned to the Greek and Roman statues of antiquity. Oh, good. Yes. The ones that have the testicles at the same height just because they're, <laughs> they have OCD with symmetry. Right. So he, he was around 6'2", naturally slim, mm. and hair cut short in a Roman fashion. Oh, like me. Yeah, like you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So... He had his suits fashioned in a way that that exaggerated the male attributes. So broad shoulders, the male V shape. Ooh, good. Right? As I mentioned before, he used this Hussar uniform, the 10th Light Dragoons. And Brumel's suits were like that, but they didn't feature the silver braiding that we saw before. Like that weird flare yeah. and the epaulets. It was more of just the suit He's wearing those without leggings. it. Yeah, and the leggings. cheaper, man. He was probably thinking about cost. He had a little bit of that going in the back of his mind, you know? Oh, it's not cool anymore to have those braiding bits on it. Uh, they also cost, you know, a lot of pounds. Yeah. Cut them off the suit, make it look like a fashion statement. Ba-bing, ba-bam, you're getting paid to do less. Yeah, and he'd have different suits for different parts of the day. Usually he <laughs> wow. started with a with a brighter coat in the morning with slacks. <laughs> fucking dick. And then towards, then towards the end of the night, he changed into something that more resembled a tux. For Ooh. outings. Salona uh, uh, is house. At what point during the day did he put the ball gag in? <laughs> that was very late, in the, late at night. Yeah. Um, one of his tailors, because I mean, the tailors were the people that were actually creating things, invented darting, which 
um, if you've ever seen those pleats in the back of a suit, that's oh, yeah. what darting is. And that just basically makes you look more V-shaped. Oh. Of course, Bermel is given the credit for darting, but the real inventor was the tailor mm-hmm. that invented it. Right. Um, another big thing was Bermel's bulge. So yes. these tight riding trousers created quite a large uh, built area for this, his mm. sausage roll. Okay. All right. Mm. Um, and Brummel's fashion was often thought to be immoral because people said that it was designed to appeal to the ladies. Ooh. I mean, of course. Mm. <laughs> okay. Obviously, being a tailor, you'd want Bo to have uh, to come to your business because once Bo shopped there, it was guaranteed that a bunch of the droves and droves of dandies would be coming to get fit in the same style at your He's shop. Setting the trends. Boo. Here's a look into. What this style looked like, and we're actually going to have a little bit of a guy that that's we know a dandy. Here. That's a dandy, and this is Lord Byron who dressed in that style. And we've got this guy, dandy. Yes, small head. <laughs> that all you got? Yeah, that one guy has a really small head. Not all both of them. them. Yeah, all of them do. <laughs> yeah, Byron looks but, all right, but Byron looks like he's been up all night. He probably has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you could see how that's kind of like a modern suit today. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. But I mean, it's like a modern suit with the vest and everything, but the pants are just made out of pillowcases. <laughs> yeah. So, make building these suits and having them tailored may, meant some hefty bills, and Brummel didn't work, so he was just riding off of that two point five million. And if you think about it, you could easily burn through two point five million. You know, just by buying, if you're a lazy idiot and you buy designer clothes every day. I, I feel get, like he'd I, worn each one, like, just twice and then just, like, gave it to the horses. Look, I'm betting if you sent me $2.5 million today, like, right now, by yeah. next week's recording, I would have, like, $1,000 in my bank account. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Then, why not? I mean, I have a house and shit, and then I would get, uh, by the following year, I would be out of the house because I wouldn't have paid any of the bills. Right. right. <laughs> so this is where we be. What kind of begins to happen with Bo is he starts to rack up these crazy tabs with all these tailors, and then he starts to try to gamble to pay them off. That's um, not a good idea. And I mean. and when he couldn't pay the tailors off, he'd come back with them with some excuse and say that their clothes were out of fashion, and then move on <gasps> to another tailor. Oh, and that's oh. his fault. Why? God damn yeah. it! <laughs> Piece of shit. So along with clothes, Bo collected books, poetry, and snuff boxes. Snuff boxes. Think of it kind of like how the Zoomers are blowing, like, or I don't even know it's fashionable, like blowing fat clouds. Yeah. yeah. Snuff was all the rage. Dandies oh. rejected the cigar-smoking gentlemen of the past decades and started to snort tobacco up their nose. Oh, my God. Good stuff. <laughs> Sounds painful. Yeah, so oftentimes you'd see these dandies with their heads pointed up, looking all smug and shit. And they would actually walk around like that, because when they lowered their head, brown sludge would drip out of their nose. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking great. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Who thought of that? That was a good idea. Well, you know what? I see a missed opportunity that just never happened. We needed that tailor to come up with the man diaper. <laughs> or the the upper lip diaper, yes, yeah. just something to wrap here, make it look like a mustache. 
Don't be an old smoking fatty or a young drippy boy. Get yourself a mustache diaper. A mustache. So after racking up the bills, it was time to head to the park. Uh, so dressed in his new outfit, his carriage uh, would arrive at Hyde Park, or as they called a certain section of Hyde Park, they'd call Rotten Row. Fine. <laughs> a lot of stinking people there, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. This was kind of like an outdoor beer garden for high society, where they could drink and press the ladies with their bulges and their paints. Oh, okay. And, and here's where uh, Bo probably met Lord Byron, who was a few years younger than Bo. Yes, many bulges pressed against that man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw his bulge from across the alleyway, and I had to talk to him. I simply had to talk to him. Instant yeah, so we, we became bed friends that night. Yes. So Bo was a huge dandy fanboy. He was one of those guys lining up on his doorstep. And oftentimes when you see pictures of Byron, he'd be sporting the uh, neck cloth look. But it'd be extra loose because he's so fucking artistic. He likes showing off his neck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also there where Bo got the hots and maybe uh, for many women and maybe banged out on a tree or something. I don't know. Uh, one of the big ones was Georgiana. Duchess of Devonshire. Sounds important. I know it well. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Bo had the hots for older ladies, and Georgia was 21 years his senior. Ooh. Good. So she was like a 40-something-ish. You know, yeah, known him since he was a schoolboy. Uh-huh. She was also married, of course. And there Perfect. was a hot, hot and heavy affair that lasted oh, for geez. years. Bo wrote shitty poetry to her. <laughs> and, you know, as you do back then. As he does. Um, but so there you go. He's boning in Hyde Park. So next time any of you Londoners are out there and you lay next to a tree in Hyde Park, your ancestors probably fucked on that tree. Well, ain't that something? I don't know about your ancestors directly, as you are not royal scum, but... Yeah. <laughs> your just, ancestors. I don't know why I've never thought of this before. We could start spelling boner, B-E-A-U-N-E-R. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Look at that. Boner. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Boner. 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 if you want. A boner. Books now. That's a good tattoo. Anyone gets that tattoo, uh, suing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a belly rocker that just has an arrow that points down. Boner. What is that? Uh, Latin? No, it's Italian. <laughs> so uh, when Bo wasn't his spending his afternoons in the park, he would head out to a dandy club. Now, oh. think of a dandy club as the series Snuffbox, which I told you guys to watch parts of. Oh, I love yes. that show. It's great. Yeah, so pretty much they're making fun of these dandy clubs. It was a private lounge where men could just hang out all day, discuss politics, eat, gamble, and Bo was part of a Sounds few like of these clubs. Yeah, it's just a good place to get away from the wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even, uh, though, even though, by all rights, you were a royal man and could put her in the basement at any time with no repercussion. She wouldn't like that, though. <laughs> no. You'd hear about yeah. it later. So here's where we can see uh, George's real fashionista cattiness come out. Mm, good. It was said that he once told a lord who had this extremely expensive coat that it was no more than a coat than it is a cauliflower. <laughs> was that an insult? Uh, yeah, apparently he's never good. eaten a vegetable before. I'm... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, if you have to ask, like, was that an insult? It's not a good insult. <laughs> <laughs> like if it doesn't sting and immediately yeah. hurt, someone fucked up somewhere. That's like a neutral comment. 
to him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where'd you get your coat? LL beanbag? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yes. I can't tell if that hurt. Another time when his brother was visiting London, he told him to take the back alleys to the tailors before visiting him at this dandy club. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that was rude of him. Yeah. And remember, back alleys in London is where you, like, Sketchy. get your fucking Sweeney Todd, your dick hole out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Wait. Sweeney Tippet. Sweeney Rod. Yeah, <laughs> betting was a huge part at these clubs, and people would bet on everything. Uh, the outcomes of wars to deaths. It's a hard one. Um, there were also dedicated gambling rooms um, where they played a proto version of Blackjack, which I didn't write the name down, but it was similar to Blackjack. Um, <laughs> oh, Jack. Just Jack. There was, yeah, yeah. There was, there was only, the only rules about these gambling rooms was that you couldn't get served food in them. Uh, there was a special eating room for Ooh. eating food. Okay. Greasy fingers. So, yeah, if you, you uh, I know just, where this is going. Yeah, you couldn't just eat a leg of lamb while you're sitting at the blackjack table. You had to go to the dining room. So, at this dandy club, Brooks and White, which Br- Brummel was part of, and one of his friends, who was a real degenerate, had him prepare pulled chicken between two pieces of bread. Ah, good. So he could keep gambling while he ate. And mm. uh, this de- degenerate was none other than the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> no way. Look at him. Yeah. yeah. It sounds oh, like yeah. a joke, but that's a real thing. That's crazy. Yo, if that yeah. if that family collected royalties on sandwiches, oh, how would you do that, though? I don't know, but, <laughs> dude, I'd be going after Subway. I'd be going oh, after yeah. Quiznos. You, you got Jimmy John's. You guys are done. Jersey Mike's. I'm taking, yeah, it. I'm taking half of that business. My degenerate great 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 grandfather made you, bitch. Hamburger. Now go, <laughs> go get me a meatball plum that I'm gonna rename into a, a sticky boy. Sticky boy, please. <laughs> One sticky boy. Footlong sticky boy. It's like six cents. <clears throat> yeah. Oh man. So by evening time, Bo had changed into his nightwear, which was that proto tux look that I talked about. Good. Uh, now it's time for the theater, or even fancier, the opera. Oh. So, because he was dressed the best in London, and London was a filthy, filthy place, he would <laughs> often have his sedan chair, which is basically one of those little tiny boxes where two dudes carry it. You know, like there's wow. a guy in front, and there's uh, a guy in back, and like, ha ha Really? Is, is that what a sedan is called a sedan for? I guess so. Hmm. So I'm like, you say sedan chair, I'm like, what, they take the, the front seat of a Ford Focus or something? No, I think the Ford Focus is meant to be two men just carrying you. Focusing. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I like that's it. a fucking luxury right there. Yes, so he'd have his sedan chair bring him straight into the theater as to not get any mud on his clothes. Oh my God, what a prima donna. <laughs> just like driving your car right into the fucking movie theater. Yeah, imagine that guy. If if that dude had an iPhone, oh god, I'd be the worst person. Hey guys, watch me put on makeup. <laughs> Changing into my night suit, you know. So now, uh, Brummel always was able to score a box, um, which were those little booze nice. that Lincoln oh. was capped in the back of the head. You know, up and when you're watching a, a theater. VIP seats, got it. Yeah. So you're talking that the two men driving the sedan would have to do it upstairs? <laughs> yeah. I like driving <laughs> the sedan. <laughs> yeah. Usually dandies and other gentlemen attended the theater for anything but the performance. 
this was where this is where they'd line up their night um, with some high quality street women. Okay. So, so um, they would often so these women prostitutes would be seated near the front or in the boxes and would be scanning the audience looking for dudes that are ogling them. Then, Why'd you call them street women then? Well, because they're they're street women. They're off the street now. They're inside of the zone. This is the birthplace of the modern day Hollywood whore. Yeah, right. But if you're playing roast mortem through a fucking zoom, we're suddenly not zoom casters. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. Oh. I don't want to be a Zoom guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fine. Look, either way, it's like, you know, they're, they're out there like, oh, man, that one has all ten fingers. Nine toes, not bad. <laughs> uh, let me see her smile. Yes, that's that's half of the front teeth. I'll take her. Perfect. Yeah. So they'd be sitting there pointing them out, and there was actually hired messengers that would run around and deliver these uh, these coy messages to and from the ladies and the men. So it was basically like manually texting someone. Like um, like these jackasses were just texting during the movie. Shit, I've, I'm out of a pen. You know what? Just tell that woman I'd like to come in her. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. Yeah. yeah. And during, wow. inter- during intermission, these ladies would often strip in the lobby oh, while sweet. men threw bills at them. Like strip club. This is high society. Why is that familiar? Oh, yeah. This is high society, yeah. This class. I'm just imagining like you have to hire a scribe. And you just be like, my boy, send that one a lithograph of my penis post haste. Like, <laughs> uh, yes, and then send the other boy to go get some lasagna from the buffet for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the intermission also acted as a time where the dudes who were, you know, manually texting with these chicks could maybe finger blast them or arrange where they were going afterwards. Right. Right. Oh, Damn. So after the show, they would head to another club. Uh, but this club was where both men and women were allowed. Because these dandy clubs, it was only men. This is a dude sausage party, right? Now I they mean. go to a different club, like one like Carlton's house or the Almac assembly room, where the men and the women could hang out. Oh, thank God. Now that all the small talk is over with. Yeah, this yeah. is just complicated. So now shit got real weird. Uh, the drinking and gambling was kicked up thousand percent. And hold your breath, there was waltzing. Oh, hot. Hot sexual waltzing. Ah. Yeah, man. One, two, three. One, two, three. I never got it. Yeah, the waltz was all the craze. And of course, George uh, Bo was uh, great at it. You know, he would just practice. Of course. His- He'd practice his fucking waltzing nonstop. Okay, you think like, all right, this is very stuffy English, but it got worse. It got more kinky after that. You know, there was orgies that would break out. There were these events called Cyprian balls. <laughs> Cyprian balls? Yeah, Cyprian balls. Like uh, Cypress yeah. balls or yeah, something? Like well, we've Cyprus all had Prian balls. So w- this was where all attendants were required to be naked except for one fig leaf. And you think, oh, <laughs> the fig leaf, you think, oh, the fig leaf is on their junk. Yeah. No, it was on their face. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a secret society right here. Yeah. This gets in, man. This is the Knights Templar shit. This is like uh, Order of the Snake, Brotherhood of the Snake stuff. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Big, so- hard snakes. So Bo actually organized one of these sexual masquerades in 1813. Bo was best friends with 
the finest madame in London, Harriet mm. Wilson, and none other than his first time love, Julia Johnstone. That's right. She's this, back. The fallen oh, wow. woman became one of the biggest courtesans in London. Well, I you mean, know, how, you know how she got up again. She wore stilts. Only, only woman <laughs> jiggling on stilts. Yeah. Ah, look at me! Come on, everybody! Won't you do the conga? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, her. I was... She's fun. That was George uh, Brummel's day. That was George Brummel's day. Bo Brummel. Wow! Just oh, say, Bo, fun. dude. Why are you doing this to yourself? This was you can Bo's... barely read. Just, just <laughs> I can't it's... read. Bo is in the house. Bo is in the house. Oh, Bo's in the house. All right. right. So Bo, this was that's who Bo's day. This was Sounds Bo's like pretty, day. Pretty he'd fun wake day, up, you know? Yeah, he'd wake up thousands of pounds in the hole, and he'd start it up and do it all again. At least he looked nice. Yeah, but yeah. it's like drug addict levels of throwing cash away Yeah, and time wastage, I feel. You know what I mean? It's like, you feel great, but you killed an entire day, and you're in debt. It's true. <laughs> it, it does have to get boring after a while. It's probably great like, to do, yeah, but like, not over and over again. Yeah, like treat yourself like ten times a fucking year. Look, but I, I love shrimp. I can't eat shrimp every day. No, well, he's probably never experienced like hard times. I guess so. Like, he doesn't know what the other side's like. Well, I would this say that you it. just hit the old bow nail on the fat head. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, because shit is going to take a turn. Oh. History predicting Mike. So I'm fucking third eyes open, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like third eye blind, but not. And then you got every day morning. There's a door that's a chilling, <laughs> and the doors on my weekends hit. Shut Mike's door. Open his door. Yeah, What's behind that door. This is what Mike gets for smoking all that gas station DMT. Yeah, you know, <laughs> someone's gotta do it. Third eye blind, open. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so listen up, influencers, because here's where we hear about Bo's slow decline. Into syphilis. Ow. Yeah, oh. cool. Yeah. My favorite historical downfall. Yeah, so it's, it's we talk funny. we talk about syphilis a lot, but I, we're going to go into the details of the slow progression. We haven't done Ooh. that yet, yeah. have we? And Bo job, is the perfect example of the slow progression into syphilitic madness. So, first of all, the historian that I, the Ian Kelly, the guy who wrote this book, mentions mm -hmm. that it was impossible for Bo to be 100% gay, homosexual, because the only way you could contract syphilis was from a vagina. Okay. Well, so, okay, not true, because this guy's <laughs> probably not sexually experienced enough to see where things land in group orgies. Yeah, okay, yeah. Zoom, where are we going? What? He's got all those wacky dicks. Didn't, didn't mean to throw my Left cock turn. in that thing. You <laughs> might have to wash that out later, because it was in my friend Brian's asshole. <laughs> yeah, so what does syphilis do? Well, it rots your body uh, and your mind, uh, and really? it's a very slippery slope downwards. So it the is a slippery slope disease. Yeah. The other ones, you deteriorate. It kills you over time. You know, AIDS is a rough one. Cancer is bad, all that shit. But this is a slippery slope. Yeah. Because okay. it was fixable. It, well, not at the time. No, I mean, we'll go into some of these, the ways they fixed it back then. <laughs> fixed it. Wait. So the first thing you'd notice was a tiny little painless chancer. A little, 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 little spot on your dick. A little spot yeah. on your dick. Okay. Canker. Um, so after five to 12 weeks later, Bo would have 
had a fever and noticed a copper-colored rash on his palms and the soles of his feet. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. At this, <laughs> at this point, he'd be like, fuck, I have, I've got the clap or pox. Um, because back then they didn't know the difference between gonorrhea and syphilis. They thought they were the same disease, just in different stages. Uh, yes, it's, oh. it's, it's all the same stuff. You get it from eating bad goats. We know we've been there. So Bo would have to see a doctor. So there was one popular doctor in London, a Miss, uh, which was located at Miss Phillips Warehouse on Half Moon oh, Street. Okay. Look at that off the I twenty. Come so, on down to Miss Phillips Warehouse. We'll get those palms looking normal, flesh color any day now. Don't worry about them copper palms. Wholesale. So there, uh, Miss Phillips would have given you a sheep gut condom, a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And some concoction of mercury, arsenic, and iodine pills. All helpful. And, and some soothing almond oil for those copper rashes. Okay. No. It's good to know that people knew their stuff back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Science, where is it? Science all down the tubes right now. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. Earth's not flat. It's not round. It's just a, it's a weird bumpy shape. It's kind of giraffe-ish. <laughs> the giraffe model? Yeah, the I giraffe like model. I mean, that's what truth is. But anyway, continue. That was a sphere. Yeah. So, uh, syphilis was... <laughs> Uh, syphilis was actually really easy uh, to hide for many years. Basically, you could cover up the rashes with yeah. clothes. Um, and the mercury treatments, both topical and oral, suppre suppressed the symptoms, but they would also add things like making you go insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's just like you look at the acne medicine and it says side effects may include death, and you're just like, well, I, I do break out a lot. Dude, that that Accutane <laughs> fucked up a lot of people. Yeah, that, that really? shit is really bad, man. Yeah, I, I got a I got a buddy who had really bad acne when he was a kid, you know in his teens, and he they put him on that, and then out of nowhere he's he has to shit he has to, he has to know where a bathroom is all the time. He has like the worst colon now. He's got like mm, really? colitis, yeah, from that. And it's all wow. from Accutane, or yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, and I feel so bad for the dude. I don't know. I, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I hope he's doing better. I asked him if he wanted to go to the show with me. He's just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can because I got to be able to know if I can shit. That's crazy. That's crazy. I remember so like what... Zantac. Remember that drug? That co that'll give you fucking cancer now. That was, really? a, that was a heartburn drug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you remember the fucking commercials for that? It's just like a fireman like just shows up and just like hoses down a burning heart. Oh my yeah. God. It's like Zantac 75. And they're like cancer. Just cancer now. Cancer. Oh God. Baby powder. That'll give you cancer now. R Baby powder? Oh, God. Mm -hmm. We yeah. haven't progressed that much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're still they're still giving you fucking mercury pills. You just don't just, know it. You just don't know it. <laughs> it's it's the mercury of yesteryear. Yeah. Neo mercury. So it's hard to pinpoint when Bo actually contracted syphilis, but by 1816 he was exhibiting outward symptoms. Okay, mm. so we don't know. So well, I gross. I can tell you when when he was having sex. <laughs> yeah, when he was yeah, balls right. deep in right. someone. Whether by accident or by choice. With that lifestyle, who knows? God. Yeah. So the next stages of syphilis, uh, which also could have been contributed to the fact that people, most people were ingesting poison or heavy metal, <laughs> was reckless behavior, self-loathing, addiction, like gambling, mood swings, lethargy, 
uh, to mania and a crazy bipolar horniness. Oh, so oh. yeah, people went from feeling disgusted in themselves and grossed out by the thought of sex to wanting to fuck anything that moved. So these are some of the finest qualities you can find in U.S. <laughs> politicians today. Yeah, weird. Like well, we should check them all for syphilis. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Penis inspection, sir. Yeah, come on, whip it out. We're progressive. <laughs> Let me see those labias. Oh, they're dangling a little low. <laughs> uh, do your labes hang low? Anyway, yeah, so protractor. Yeah, there was this dude named Guy Maupassant who mm, was. Oui, oui. Yeah, he was a naturalist in the late nineteenth century, um, which I really kind of want to double back to this dude because he sounds fucking nuts. Nuts, mm. but he okay. described the euphoric syphilitic sex benders that he would have. He would go out and bang six prostitutes at once for with hours. Syphilis. Yeah, okay. With syphilis, he'd run out into the streets and shout, "The majestic pox, hallelujah!" And then he went on to go tell huh. someone that I screwed street whores and trollops, and afterwards I tell them I've got the pox and just laugh. <laughs> what a fucking dick! Oh wow, <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Cool. Yeah, it's really so that's, great. Yeah, that's not Bo, but you can imagine that's what he's How going through. Yeah. Bo's doing yeah. that with style, exactly. Mm. So with this whoring, gambling, and constantly buying, you know, tailored clothes, his debt catches up to him. Uh -oh. And this is a time where we have debtor's prison. We talk about it a lot. Oh, nice. Um, if this policy existed today, every person in America would be in prison. <laughs> yeah. But true. instead, they've put us in a, um, a design prison that seems like freedom, but it's not. Yes. It's I've not. No. Own mind. It's a debt-based society. Debt's the best thing that ever happened to rich people. Yeah. Just throw a little so, debt here. It's a Rothschild thing. We've talked about that before a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rothschilds own everything. They own the Fed. So, so rumors started to circulate about Brummel and the fact that he had no money and that he was up to his syphilitic neck in debt. And there mm. was one man in particular that was going around talking shit about his wealth, a man named Richard Myler, who was known as Dick the Dandy Killer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dick Myler. Okay. I got to look this guy up. Yeah. Dick Myler. That sounds like an anchorman name, almost. You know what I mean? Like, Dick Myler here. With the 8 p.m. news, I'm Dick Myler. I don't even know if there's a picture of him. Yeah, so um, Dick the Dandy Killer would post up in White's Club, and he'd tell everyone that Bo was broke. Essentially, he was trying to call Bo out to a duel. I don't Ooh. really know what... I don't know if he owed... If Bo owed him money or, like, whatever. But, like, what's Bo to do? He's, like, got all this fucking shit. People are calling him out. Like, he owes all this money. Spreading and, gossip. Yeah, he starts asking people for money. He's like, yo, dude, I just need a few thousand dollars, a few thousand pounds. <laughs> just a few. Yeah, you know yeah. how, like, uh, I owe you money because I told you I'd advertise your suits for you? Uh, just, can you give me money now, please? <laughs> <laughs> so people were not so receptive to giving uh, a man with a notorious gambling addiction that bought new clothes every day yeah. money. Um, so somewhere in the middle of the night, in on May 16th, 1816, uh, Br Brummel slipped out of London on the docks and boarded a boat to France. Why do you keep doing this to yourself? What? Just say Bo. I don't want to say Bo! 
Bo's in the house. I, I don't want anyone to get to confused you know, with right. the heir to right. Papa John's. All right, Bo Brummel is now in France. Yeah. And Travis, keep torturing yourself. More syphilis. The boat docks in Calais, uh-huh. which is a port town just across the channel. And Calais is like this weird area where debtors could like safely dodge their debt. It was an English port, but outside of the English law. Mm, um, it's like going to Mexico or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was strange. The second a debtor a debt dodger left Calais, they would have to present their passport to the French, and at that point they were able to be hunted by debt collectors again. Right. Oh wow. Huh. So it's almost like I don't know if you've seen the movie Casablanca, which was like a twenty that was like a twentieth century version of Calais, where like people could go there and it was like a weird Gray zone. We're talking about Morocco. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Right? With um, William S. Burroughs living in Tangier. Yeah, the Algier. Yeah. Algeria Al- or Tangier. T- Tangier. <laughs> when he was in Tangier, that was like that gray area. There was multiple jurisdiction and no one was allowed to like really police it. Yeah. Yeah, so here's where Bo takes residence up in the Dresden Hotel, which was some swanky gentleman's hotel it served meals and, you know, it was super expensive. He had a manservant that would look after him that he also had to pay, obviously. How's he, he started there? He's in debt. Yeah, for real. Like, who? what kind of jackass opens a hotel there? <laughs> right? Yeah, where a bunch of fancy boys come just like, I'm not going to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> come on in, sir. I trust you. Seems like a yeah. nice guy. Yeah, Bo- pay me when you get the money. It's cool. We, you can make your own waffles in the morning, too. We need down here. Just make sure, yeah. You know, just make sure you pay us eventually. We got to come over to the IHOPers. Please. <laughs> Please pay us. We are so broke. <laughs> We're here ourselves because of debt. Yeah. So Bo starts to breed dogs, and he completely de- redecorates his room using the finest wallpaper. Again, racking up the bills. He's he's not completely out of money because a few friends are sending him money, um, so he can kind of scrape by. One of them was um, this woman that the the forty year old that I was talking about, and he had promised her that he would not publish anything bad about the now king George the Fourth, the Prince of Wales. He right, could have okay. wrote these memoirs that would have given him some money, but he made this promise to like that. Not milf. do it. That fat pig. <laughs> Let me write a book about my fat pig friend. He hates his wife to the very end. This is how English people write everything. <laughs> they both smell like onions, but they call each other garlic. Oh. <laughs> soupy, soupy peanut butter people. Round and round with their babies that they've only had sex once to obtain. <laughs> All right, so there was an out for Bo in this situation. Okay. It was only if he could secure a position. And this position yeah. was the Britannic Majesty Consul, which was basically like an ambassador. Okay. He had his eyes on being an ambassador in France because he didn't want to be too far away. French, French like their clothes. He likes his clothes. Mm-hmm. Croissants. The problem was his best bud, George IV now, uh, had a huge falling out with him. Basically, Bo kept calling him fat to his face oh, and saying that his fashion mean. sense and saying that his fashion sense was out of style. And Ooh, whatever. that hurts too. All right, pretty boy, you can call me fat to my face, 
but I I just bought these Crocs, and I know they look good. <laughs> I know they look fucking fantastic. So if you say one more thing about my fucking Crocs or my wife again, well, my wife's okay, but if you, my Crocs are here to stay. <laughs> so Bo would often say things like, I made him who he was, and without me, he'd be nothing. Wow. And this is He's the king of England. Just fucking high school <laughs> drama. Oh, my yeah. God. Did Bo ever have his own clothing line? No. I mean, well, I mean, his he was the clothing line. Yeah, why did he never start his own clothing? I don't so know. Because like, it, it was, it was owned by the tailors, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was just the mannequin. Yeah, yeah, but he was just the fucking mannequin, Mike. Because, like, yeah. every influencer after him, he is not smart. <laughs> he is a dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he rubbed King George the wrong way, and Uh-oh. George is like, I'm never going to give this asshole a console ship because he's calling me a fat fuck. Bo was just stuck in this limbo for about 15 years. Oh, oh shit. fun. Um, the king actually passed through Calais one time, and Bo sent him a gift of a snuff box that he had bought, and yes. the king just ignored him. Damn. <laughs> he threw feces at his new wallpaper. But... On June 30th, 1830, King George dies, and one of his last acts was granting Bo a consulship. So it, somehow he had a change of heart. He's like, I don't know, give him what he wants. No, nah, he wanted to be he wanted to be liked. I don't yeah. know if it's a change of heart or, or just like a last minute trolling. You know what I mean? Like he's literally like, so long as I live, you will never get a console. Right. Like a Sega Genesis, but just fucking <laughs> He dies, and then he's just like, all right, here you go. All right, take the job. I don't care. I can't stop you when I'm dead. Yeah. Be the the console at Nathan's hot dog sandwiches. (laughs) See how you like that. (laughs) That's your job. That's pretty much what he did. He gave him the position of Caen in France, which was just, it was a small town, like farming town. There was nothing happening there. Um, But but the problem was, was that Bo had racked up so much debt in Calais that the owner of the Dresden Hotel and a bunch of local businesses wouldn't let him leave. <laughs> he was really? stuck, oh, he was stuck cool. in the debtor's prison area. That's like that Tom Hanks movie when it, where he has to live in the airport. Yeah. Which Wait, one's that? Isn't that Bill Murray? No, it was Tom Hanks, wasn't it? Yeah, oh. it was like right after he did Up, the dis- animated movie with Disney. Wait, what? What was that movie? <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I'm Googling it, Tom Hanks, airport. That, you're thinking of Captain Sullivan or whatever. The no, guy oh, Captain Phillips. The Terminal. The Terminal? Oh. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Like, the, the, the city or, like, the nation Tom Hanks is from, like, gets, like, overthrown, which invalidates his passport while he's in a terminal. So he's not allowed into any country, including the one the airport's in. Ah, so he literally fun. just has to, like, le- he has to, like, live in the airport for, like... I think somewhere around like 40 days for the paperwork to go through. I thought the terminal oh. was um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Yes. no. <laughs> Hello, I'm looking for Sarah Connor. I am terminally ill. This is Robert Patrick, Asian dog hat from X-Files is after me. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, Bo was able to contact the British Foreign Office and they basically garnished his salary and sent some of it to the owner of the Dresden Hotel <laughs> to pay wow. off his debt. It's been 15 years. I've had 30 kids since you got here. I need to <laughs> feed one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everyone in Khan loved Bo, 
besides the fact that he was slowly exhibiting signs of syphilitic rot, Khan mm. um, was a small town, like I mentioned, and it really wasn't a place that you'd think you'd have an ambassador. He moved into a small house that was run by a landlady and her daughter. Here he helped pay... Here he paid for rent. They got a discount for teaching this daughter English. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I mean... Did he teach her syphilis, too? Yeah, syphilitic English. Yeah, so Bo spent two years as consul for Khan, and essentially doing nothing, which is what ambassadors do. They just hang out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. But then in 1832, he received a letter from the foreign office saying, yeah, we're going to get rid of that position because we don't really need it, and uh, we're not going to assign you to any other area, so bye. He was made redundant. (laughs) Have fun being French. Yeah. So now, again, he's broke, and his landlady was understanding at first. He's like, oh, well, you know, we can tell you're not well, whatever, stick around. (laughs) And then uh, Bo did something creepy by writing a love letter to this 17-18-year-old girl that he was teaching English. And remember, he's... 55 and has syphilis. Right, his teeth are falling out of his mouth and the top of his head is starting to split open like a baked potato. Yeah. Wipe left. So, his cock looks like a, the, the dispenser at TCBY. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say a bird's nest where the eggs broke. So, oh. so, so she's like, get the fuck out of my house and you owe me all the rent that you missed. So now... Yeah. Not smooth. Now, yeah, Bo- all he had to do was just like keep the love letter yeah. to himself, yeah. or not even write it, and he would have been way better off. But the horn dog he is, yeah, had to hit on a minor. If so I marry this precious animal, I'll be able to stay here indefinitely, and then I can become the king of France with the longest coat. Yeah, somehow Bo moves into another hotel, all while he's like <laughs> begging, like he's on the streets at this point, like yeah. begging to get food. But really? he's living in this hotel somehow because, you know, back then people could, like, live in a, in a house. Nowadays, you just go out to the streets. Yeah, you're just even homeless. If you beg. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's better that Tent way. City. Well, we yeah. can't trust people today because back then everyone was well-behaved. Just a little syphilis. People, people don't clean <laughs> up after themselves today. They're disgusting. So here's when the next stages of syphilis kicked in. Uh, he started to drool a lot, which was a sure sign <laughs> of, that he was in stage two. He lost Out of all- what orifice? His mouth. Okay. He lost all of his teeth and hair Ew. and would suffer from neurosyphilitic strokes. Oh my God. So he's twitching, he's drooling. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, I don't really feel bad for him. Yeah, if you get syphilis, have it treated, folks. Yeah. yeah. This is all while he's, he's trying to get treated. He's seeing this guy named Dr. Kelly, which sounds right. like a TV, like yeah. a daily TV drama doctor. Yeah. Daytime television. <laughs> Come yeah. on in, Bo. I'll treat you right here in front of this live studio audience. So Dr. Kelly is dosing him with mercury, arsenic, iodine. He's also using leeches and cupping, which we still use today and does oh, absolutely cupping. nothing. Well, leeches? <laughs> cupping. cupping. I know. <laughs> so a friend of his reaches out to Bo's old dandy friends in London to see if they could throw him some money. And uh, again, Nothing. So, on May 5th, 1835, the debtor's police come knocking. Uh-oh. They're like, wow. yo, hello. He opens the door, it's just like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Scarecrow, is there a bow here? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, he's not here. He's, he's out doing fancy things with friends. <laughs> he died. <laughs> yeah. So Bo is wrangled up out of his hotel and thrown into jail. Bo is traumatized. He's crying. He's sobbing for days. He writes a letter to his friends and complains about the poor quality of food. And worst of all, the fact oh. that he's put in with common people. Oh, oh no. How, how dare they? Oh, I hate oh. this. I hate this common filth. Oh, this these common. terrible. <laughs> all None this of them bi- exfoliate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, all this bitching and moaning paid off because Bo was given some special treatment because he was given two liters of milk and fifteen gallons or and fifteen liters of fresh water for his daily Ooh. milk and water. Daily connected. Oh, okay. Wow. Don't scrub too hard now. And then again, his influence in London, somebody, we don't know who it was, but somebody put in a word in Parliament that this dude was, like, dying in debtor's prison. And they basically convinced Parliament to give him a severance pay and a pension for his consulship. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Look, I know he hasn't done anything, but can we give him that pension? Yeah. (laughs) We need need friends like that. Can we perhaps, over the next hundred years, make the people on the MTA pay for that with their LIRR <laughs> tickets? Yeah. Can we just pass that down? Uh, and also, he likes milk a lot for some reason. Can we take care of that, too? Uh, one or two cows a day should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, he puts eggs up his ass. We don't know why. <laughs> we need to accommodate our elders. Yeah, really. Now he's free from jail. He returns to con. He's 57, and the next stages of syphilis set in. Something called tablus dorsalis, which is the wasting Sounds terrible, which is the wasting away of the nerves in the spinal cord. Oh, you you need those for stuff. Yeah. So Bo starts Bo starts stumbling around in zigzags. Uh, he had also lost the ability to tell hot and cold in his limbs. That's important. Oh, what? Yeah. Um, he starts pawning off his snuff boxes and other goods. And he that, had that? Yeah, he still had them. Like, he kept that through debtor's prison. He's yeah. like, I jail time, but snuff boxes, yes. <laughs> it's all the rage. Yeah, he kept a lot of his clothes, too. He's, like, selling wow. these clothes off. Um, then the syphilitic dementia sets in. Now, mm. at this point, the disease was in the brain and was starting to rot away large chunks. Wow. Uh, That's scary. Yeah, he would do this creepy thing when he entered the dining hall of the hotel, which he somehow got another hotel apartment. <laughs> I don't know. You know. It's different back then. He's charming, yeah. He would announce all these people that were dead for many years and his time when he was a dandy in London. He'd hold the door open and shout, the Prince of Wales has arrived, and all these other people he knew. And no one would come through the door? Yeah. Then really? he'd sit down and realize what he had done. His mind would kind of snap into the present, and he'd start weeping. Bo eventually stopped leaving his hotel room, and people started to complain about the smell of rotting and dog shit from his dog named Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Yo, what a good name. It's a good name for a dog that just can't behave. Yeah, stop. Come stop. <laughs> Eventually, two of his friends were like, hey, we need to like get this guy to a mental hospital because he's fucking crazy. And we're wow. not even his friends, really. He just keeps calling us the <laughs> the, the Duke of Earl <laughs> and the ham of sandwich. Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl. 
1839, his two friends forced open the door and found uh, and found Bo sitting in his dressing gown with his wig in his lap. Instead of oiling it, which is what you had to do with wigs, he was applying shaving cream. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I as I said before, laughing at his misfortune, I'm actually pretty sad for him. Setting uh, trends is very upsetting. He said, you know, he's trend setting. Yeah. yeah. Um, they forced him out of his room into a mental carriage, which was waiting for him outside. All while he was shouting, "You're taking me to prison! I have done nothing! I have done nothing!" There's mm. just fucking shaving cream in his wig as this is <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. Oh my god. Bo was taken to Abbe Jamet, the hospital Bon Seville, which was a lunatic asylum run by nuns. Oh, oh wow. Fun. That's like a it's like a nineties horror movie, but IRL and in France. Yeah, I was thinking like the setting of, of Bloodborne. Which <laughs> Ooh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like really creepy, gothic, this big oh, God. gothic church. Yeah, yeah. Um, the asylum was experimenting with the totally not bullshit science of hydrotherapy, which we mm. discussed in the Kellogg episode. Good Just get them wet. Throw <laughs> a wet towel on them. Uh, was that like getting in a pool? Yes, Mike. So, like, just imagine snake oil salesmen. Oh, yeah. But they're just like, what's the cheapest thing we can rub on this bastard? I got Lake you. water? Great. <laughs> Go get some of that. <laughs> Oh, you mean the ones with parasites and sea monkeys? Yes, and like the cerebral hemorrhaging, just, just put them awesome. in lake water. Jesus so, Christ! So uh, this it's this uh, Bon Seville was actually the third largest asylum in France, housing seven hundred inmates in the asylum, but had only one licensed doctor. <laughs> you know when yeah. you go to a walk-in and the guy gives you like three minutes of your time you're like oh man i got an ear infection or something he like whips that thing out doesn't even look at it he's just like yeah take these he <laughs> uh, just staples the prescription this, to your head this doctor's somehow spending less time than that yeah so he's like how you doing oh <laughs> so as he's like oh! hurtling out of the window <gasps> come on now i gotta go golf <laughs> So, I'll end up like one of you loons. So this <laughs> asylum was actually known for its kindness, as it would Aww. let the inmates garden in between their hydrotherapy oh. sessions. But go dry off. Yeah, yeah go, go <laughs> drip in the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Saves on irrigation costs. Yeah. But other other practices they did, including the hydrotherapy, were pretty cruel and unusual and disturbing. Give it. Give yeah. it. So. Bramel, uh, so Brummel was now in his syphilitic final stages. This was uh, meningeal, meningeal syphilis. Is that meningeal? Meningeal syphilis. I knew you. Were, I knew you. Yes. <laughs> Damn it! You were just all over the place tonight. We've been recording for nineteen hours. Yeah, I like Tom is just a genius at editing. I'm drunk now. Yeah. <laughs> syphilis. Maybe so, you should drink more, Travis, so I you should, can dog. smooth out drink, the words. Yeah. I'm trying to smooth out, dog. So, Bo is now suffering. Suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Bo is suffering from headaches, nausea, vomiting, cranial palsy, and seizures, memory loss, and personality Damn. changes. Hey. The disease had rotted away his ability to see certain colors. 
Oh, um, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, and the sight of certain colors would give him immense pain. Really? This syndrome oh, is called iridis, like your iris. Mm, wow. Interesting. Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, "What? You can like go crazy and hurt from seeing like blue." <laughs> wow. Very, very Lovecraftian. Yeah. The memories, the memories that I used to, I used to love violet. I used to love taupe, and every time I see taupe, I cry. Oh. And I think about, I think about that time I dropped my waffle on the floor. <laughs> that that's got to be a great feeling. Mm. Okay, so the final, the Megazord. Did I say the final one was the last one? Tertiary. Tertiary syphilis. Tertiary syphilis. Um, This is where he had the loss of bowel and bladder control. Oh, no. His his nails fell off. His tongue swelled and turned black and would crack. He was also covered in open pussy ulcers. Oh, my God. Called gummy tumors, which are now called gummas. Oh. And um, he'd also have these huge bleeding boby, boobons. That's what they're called. Boobos. Uh, bo- Boobos. Um, and doctors often talked about the sweet smell of decay when oh. dealing with tertiary syphilis. Jeez. Mm. Um, now, if you. Does not sound like fun. If you'd like to see what that looks like. Yeah, I do. Uh, I can yeah. give you some very gross examples in the chat. Let me see. <laughs> I will. All right. Sh- <laughs> there is a man with some open boobos. Whoa, that sucks. There's a lady. Mike, you want to uh, paint right. that picture of the and, first one? Uh, it looks like a like someone was like digging into his like scalp with a spoon. Just got like the tip of his fucking skin off. Wow, dude, these are these are cool, right? I mean, it's horrible for the afflicted, but it's just like. Yeah. For the people at home, like the second one, oh, Travis posted what would be a very pretty, like forty-yearish uh, lady, but because she's got like she's got Disease, necrosis yeah. going on her skin, this literally looks like a early zombie. Yeah, like yeah a fresh, right? like she, like she, she got infected looking. like seven hours ago. Right, and the last picture I posted is. A, a skull that's been affected by syphilis, and it literally looks like you dropped like acid on it. It's just yeah, yeah. it's getting eaten away. Oh yeah. my it god! It looks like mumble wrap, but if it was braille and on skin <laughs> or on bone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you gave that to a blind person, yeah. If you gave that to a right, it looks like that. So Bo's life was kind of obscure. I mean, people were going off of a lot of different things. Here's where we know for a fact where. Because he's, this asylum took records of everything. So everything I'm talking about actually, you know, not to say I didn't, didn't happen before, but like a lot of it was speculation with like his sex life. And, but this decay is documented. Dude, right. l- literally living dead shit. Yeah. So at this point, Bo's brain shrank away into his skull and granulated. Granulated? Uh, That's the, like the last thing you want to happen to your fucking brain. Yeah, yeah you need that shit plump. <laughs> Get that ship up! I would rather have my brain like reverse seared than granulated. Ugh. At this terrible. point, he was a raving madman, quivering, shaking, and shitting. Jesus. Uh, the staff would simply, using their hydrotherapy, uh, just hose him off. Yeah. <laughs> and put him into something called the cabanon, which was a small cell. It was usually used for violent inmates where they couldn't even lay down. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And the sickest part of this late stage of syphilis was that you'd think the, the person was completely gone mentally, but there'd be these brief windows of clarity and sanity where the person would realize and be normal and realize that they were rotting and losing limbs and they really? had all these fucking shit and start weeping and crying and like... Oh my They'd god. They'd snap back into reality after just like screaming. Uh, god. And it wouldn't be like they real they realized it and they'll be good. Like they would re-realize it like on a like a bi-daily basis. So like Yeah. It would just be relived like multiple times a week. Oh, that sounds terrible. Man, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Yeah. Well, maybe like Jake and Logan Paul, but not anyone else. <laughs> Yeah, influencers. Yes, not humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, influencers. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, influencers yeah. can get it. Yeah. yeah so, um, during, uh, ask me the question. Uh, how did, it, well, when did he finally <laughs> finish falling yeah. apart? Yeah. yeah. When did he get sweet relief? <laughs> when was the warranty voided? Um, so, during one of these brief windows of sanity is when Bo finally died. His caretaker had taken him out into the garden. Um, and brought him back into the room. There he lied facing away from the sister while she read him some Bible verses, and then he just stopped. He just oh. completely rotted away from syphilis at the age of 61 in 1840. Wow. Like spontaneous arrest. Wow. See, and this is, I think this is a, uh, this one comes with a moral. Not all of our episodes come with a moral, which is don't try to be too handsome. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, just be yourself. just going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, I make ugly and fat jokes and stuff in here, but come on. You know, just be yourself. It Work doesn't matter. I'm just yeah. having fun. Try you to know? influence people, but never become an influencer. Yes. Yeah, yeah be, I like that. Be pot. Wow. Cody, you said it so well. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Unless you're, like, really ugly, then try to do it a little better. <laughs> what, be human? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't beat yourself yeah. up. But, you know, maybe take care of yourself. If oh, you're really ugly, don't get into um, doing Sailor Moon fan fiction. Yeah, that, <laughs> that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah there's certain restricted yeah. areas. That's one yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Well, like if a, you're an E-thought and you're doing fan fiction, all right, I'll get you fast. Do it up. Sell some bathwater. Yeah. A lot to take in because it just feels so real to me. It's a horrible way to yeah. go out. It, it is. is pretty horrible. I mean, this guy really didn't do anything. He was a dandy. He's kind of like a waste of space. Oh, one of the other things I didn't mention is that um, I kind of forgot to write in my script was that uh, both him and Lord Byron prided themselves, and the dandies in general, prided themselves in being anti-intellectual. Like, they're like, yeah, we're dumb. I can Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty, like an influencer. They're about dumb. earthly delights rather than like... yeah. Straining for the like metaphysical endeavors. So Which, if you're that dumb and you have literally no passion besides buying shit, get syphilis. This is what happens. <laughs> All right, we're going with the mean angle. Yeah, forget what I just said about being <laughs> kind to yourself. If you're a fat fuck that doesn't know shit from if if you finish this and then go watch the mask singer, just go get syphilis instead. How's that? Yeah, Dude, do you season two of the mask singer? I'm not watching that show. As a yeah, show, I didn't get mean. Get yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who won season two of the mask singer of the American mask singer? No, Wayne Brady. Of course he did. Yeah, because get he's mean, a fucking singer. Mean. Like it's, it's, I wanted to flip a table. It's just like who let Wayne Brady participate in the He's too talented. Singer? It doesn't yes. matter if you watch that show. If you're watching Survivor after it's a this, real or show. Whatever. I don't. I didn't watch it. I just googled like who are these people that are like wearing masks and wasting other like 
red-blooded Americans' time, and it's, it's just like, oh, Wayne Brady is one of them. It's ridiculous. If you've ever played Candy Crush for more than an hour, go get syphilis. Yeah, do yeah. it. I think we need, in the spirit of coronavirus, let's make it better. Let's make it the coronavirus yeah. even better. Yeah, let's all get coronas. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're half off nowadays because they're not being. Yeah, they're not being. This is the time to buy them. See, the, the, I, I, the problem with coronavirus is that the same people that got syphilis back in the day are getting coronavirus, and they're just spreading it to everyone. People that go on cruise ships and are like, yeah. "Hey guys, guess what? I'm in the Bahamas." Do you know how yeah. cheap these flights are right now? We should totally yeah. go to Maui. Let's go to Italy. It's like you get the coronavirus and then you immediately just go to buffets and like lay have as many buffets and layovers as you can. Oh my god, we should go to China right now. You can get there for like forty dollars and I loved the movie Mulan. I've been watching I, it on Dinzy Plus. It's amazing. Wow. Speaking of which, Cody, I get a flight to you for like a uh, hundred bucks round trip. Yeah. Ooh. Try for like me. come chill. <laughs> if if you <laughs> if you are so daring, then yes. <laughs> Yeah, why not? You're a strong boy. All right. Well, that's a uh, little bow boy. All right. That's it. Go all to right. Look at go that. to things. Go to Patreon. Go to bye bye. That's all I got. Bye guys. Bye bye. All right. Bye yeah. bye. I like the Jeez. way we've been signing stuff. out recently. Who gives a fuck? Sign on. Bye. Thank you, Shane. Guess what? Check, like, subscribe. Hit Stop that saying bell. guess what. Stop saying guess what. Guess what? Guess what? Only fans. Guess what? Travis doesn't know what he even is talking about. Guess what? Sandwiches are different. That's crazy the sandwiches invented that way. Yeah, roll sandwich. All right, bye-bye. Bye.